What is up? What is up? What is up, y'all? It's another day, another time, and another week for Real Talk Monday. Y'all, we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. We appreciate y'all for watching the show tonight. We appreciate y'all for being patient with us. We know we know that last week, um, we appreciate the guest that we had on last week. She did an amazing job. We appreciate you all for watching the show last week. And we can't wait to have her back again in May. We are excited about that. And you all, get ready. We got a great episode for y'all today. I got my co-host up in the building with me, Miss Hannah. How you doing, sis? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But y'all already know how we started off. Every show, we started off with a little bit of music. But before we started off with the music, we want to announce who our sponsor is for this week. And our sponsor for this week is none other than... Reverend JC3 Ministries, they are sponsoring a concert on the third on April the third, an evening of gospel music. You all definitely make sure that you are at Orange Chapel Baptist Church in Cape City, Kentucky. I got my good friends and my brothers, Levis Rice and the Levites. They're gonna be in the building. Plus, I got a powerful praise and worship leader. She's going to be in the building. And y'all, we just ready to have church on that night. We excited. We can't wait. And uh, we can't wait. And uh, let's continue to kill it. And uh, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you all, right now, what we're going to do is we're going to start it off with a little bit of music. And then we're going to take it from there. So let's go. Let's get the music going. And I thought since we talking about the program or the concert that Reverend JC3 Ministries is sponsoring, what a better way to play something than by none other than my good friends and my brothers. Y'all like and share this video. Oh, 
All right, y'all. So now at this time, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to let my sister, Miss Hannah, lead us in prayer on this night, on tonight. And then we'll go into the show. Let's go. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for letting us be able to use this platform and share knowledge with people. We appreciate the opportunity that you have given us. Let us share what you want us to share and keep it as best. Move us out the way and just let us be what we need to be. Let it come naturally and flow easily. And thank you for another wonderful day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. So you all, what we're about to do is um, we're not going to do a Roots Facts on the day because all this information that we're about to give y'all is going to be Roots Facts. So <laughs> there's no point in giving y'all any Roots Facts. But this week, we are finishing up Women's History Month. And I don't know about you all, but I've enjoyed it. What about you, Hannah? Have you enjoyed this so far? I have. I've learned a lot. And um, today we're going to tap in on like just the background of Women's History Month because that's not you know, touched on too much and just the history of how it came to what it is today. Right. So, all right, y'all, let's go, let's go, and let's go. Hannah, I'm going to let you start us off, and then uh, we'll go from there. So let's go. All right. So every year, March is designated as Women's History Month by Presidential Proclamation. This month is set aside to honor women's contributions in American history. Did you know Women's History Month started as Women's History's Week? Women's History Month, I did not know that either. I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot of progress. Women's History Month began as a local celebration in, of course, Santa Rosa, California. The Education Task Force of the Sonoma County and California Commission, um, they started it and executed it as a Women's History Week celebration in 1978. So this is recent. Um, you know, you were born back then. So the organizers selected oh! To correspond with International Women's Day. The movement spread across the country as other mm. communities initiated their mm. own Women's History Week celebrations the following year. In 1980, a group of women's groups and historians led by the National Women's History Project, now known as the National Women's History Alliance, successfully lobbied for national recognition. In February of 1980, Jimmy Carter issued the first presidential Proclamation declaring the week of March 8th, 1980 is National Women's History Week. Subsequent presidents continued to proclaim a National Women's History Week in March until 1987, which is when I was born, when Congress passed Public Law 100-9, designating March as Women's History, <laughs> authorizing the president to proclaim March of each mm. year as Women's History Month. Since 1995, when James was born, actually, each president has issued an annual proclamation designating the month of March as Women's History Month. The 2022 theme for Women's History Month this year was Women Providing Healing, Promoting Hope. I love that. Women Providing Healing, Promoting Hope. We do that. The theme is both a tribute to the ceaseless work of caregivers and frontline workers during the ongoing pandemic and also a recognition of thousands of ways that women of all cultures have provided both healing and hope throughout history. And y'all, she is being modest. I was actually born in 1989 
Hannah, on the other hand, was, was uh, born in 1987, like I said. When Jesus said, let there be light, she was the one that turned on the light for him. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you know, you just got to understand, you know, she's getting, with her old age, she's getting a little forgetful. So. I am not old, but I'm not going to tap in on, I could really come to come back, but I'm not. So what do you have to say, James? What, 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 did you know all this stuff? Because this is pretty amazing that it, it made progress so quickly, honestly, because it's like, what? About it is crazy how quickly, what I love about these facts that we are giving out is that a lot of this stuff happened recently. So it's showing us that, like, look, we are still making progress each and every day. It's like we're not where we want to be yet, but trust and believe me, we're closer than where we was before. And it's just amazing to me how much progress we have made in a little bit of time. That's what amazes me. What about you? I mean, it's awesome to me to think like they did all this and what, what is that, less than 50 years, 78? Yeah. But you know, women move mountains, so I'm not surprised. True. Y'all do. Yeah. Y'all do. And I can honestly say that. Speaking of women moving mountains, let's tap in on some women that are doing some great things in history. All right. I'll start it off. Um, I will start it off with Miss Sandra Day O'Connor. She was born. March 26, 1930, when Hannah was actually born. She is an American attorney, retired attorney, and politician who served as the first female associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States in 1981 to 2006. She was the first woman nominated and subsequently the first woman confirmed nominated by she she was nominated by president ronald reagan she was considered the swing vote for the we we honest court in the first few months of the roberts courts sandra day was born in el paso texas the daughter of harry alfred day of rancher and at Adam A. Weekly. She grew up in 198,000-acre cattle ranch near Duncan, Arizona. The ranch was nine miles from the nearest paved road. The family home did not have running water or electricity until Sandra was seven years old. As a youth, she owned a 22 caliber rifle and would shoot coyotes and jackrabbits. She began driving as soon as she could, and she opened the dashboard, she could see over the dashboard and had to learn to change a flat tire herself. Sandra had two younger siblings, a sister and a brother, respectfully eight and 10 years her junior. So that's a little bit about Miss Sandra Day O'Connor, another woman moving mountains. So, uh, the person that I'm choosing, these are some recent ones, which I think is good to share. Um, mm-hmm. This is Amanda Gorman. 
so she was the person who delivered the poem at the January 20th inauguration of President Joe Biden. But she shocked the nation that day. She's only 22 when she delivered the poem. She became the star of the inauguration with her poem, which she finished writing the night of January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Gorman, who said she has plans to run for president in 2036, delivered her poem at a historic inauguration that saw Camilla Harris sworn in as the country's first female vice president. The Los Angeles native was also the youngest poet ever to read at a presidential inauguration. She went on to perform a poem at the Super Bowl, honoring the frontline workers of the coronavirus. And in weeks since the inauguration, she also became a Harvard graduate, has gained millions of followers on Instagram, Twitter, and signed the IMG models. And also she's writing a book, which has soared to the top of Amazon's bestseller list ahead of their release date. So that one, she was first the youngest person and that one step she took just opened up so many doors for her, which is awesome. Facts. It mm -hmm. lets us know that uh, you're never too young to continue to be great. That's right. That's, that's just a blessing within itself. So the next one I'm going to do is Miss Janet Demita Joe Jackson. Born May 16, 1966, she is an American singer, songwriter, actress, and dancer. She is noted for her involuntarily, her inactive social conscious and sexual provocative records, as well as as well as elaborate elaborate stage shows. Her sound and choreography choreography became a catalyst in the growth of NTB, enabling her to rise to prominence prominence while breaking gender and racial barriers in the process. Lyrical content which focused on social issues set her reputation as a role model for youth. The 10th and youngest child of the Jackson family, she began her career performing at the MGM Grand. Later began, she later began acting in variety series, The Jackson, in the variety series, The Jacksons, in 1976, and went on to appear on other television shows throughout the 1970s and early 1980s including Good Times, Different Strokes, and Fame. After signing a record deal with A&M Records in 1982, she became a pop icon. Following the release of her third and fourth studio album, Control, in 1986, and Rhythm Nation in 1989, her collaborations with record producers Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis incorporated Elements of rhythm and blues, funk, disco, rap, and interracial beats, interracial beats, which led to a crossover success in popular music. In 1991, Janet Jackson signed the first and two of two record-breaking multi-million-dollar contracts with Virgin Records, establishing her as the highest paid artist in the industry. So 
That's a little bit about Miss Jackson. Okay. So I'm going to share some information about Chief Master Sergeant Joanne S. Bass. She made history in June when she was selected as the 19th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, making her the first woman in history to serve as the highest ranking non-commissioned member of the U.S. military service. She said she was honored and humbled to be selected as the 19th Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force and follow in the footsteps of some of the best leaders our Air Force has ever known. Bass, who entered the Air Force in 1993, said in a statement, this history of moment isn't lost on me. I'm just ready to get after it. And I'm extremely grateful and proud of my family and friends who helped me along the way. Women only represent 16% of enlisted forces and 19% of officer courses, corps in the U.S. military, according to the data. Women have only been able to serve in combat roles in the military for the past five years. Two other women also joined Bass near the top of the military ranks. Army Lieutenant General Laura Richardson and Air Force General Jacqueline D. Van Abbas were promoted this month to head Ford Star Combat Commands. The two women joined Biden. Harris and Defense Attorney Lloyd Austin at a White House event making International Women's Day on March 8th. Y'all, and for those of y'all that's just joining in, we are finishing up Women's Month for this month with giving y'all some great facts on some awesome, amazing women that are just totally killing it in so many aspects of their lives. And y'all definitely stay tuned. Stay tuned till the end of the episode because uh, we got some big news that will be released right after. So uh, stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. So the next one I'm going to do is probably my quest, Miss Hallie Marie Berry. Mm. Let me look. Okay, okay. Let me get through this. Mm. There's not a picture on the outline, so you need to just focus. Mm. <laughs> mm. Halle Berry mm. <laughs> is an American actress. She began her career as a model and entered several beauty contests, finishing as the first winner up in the Miss USA pageant and coming in six. Wait, what? In the Miss World 1986, her breakthrough oh. film role was in a romantic film Boomerang in 1992, alongside Eddie Murphy, which led her to roles in The Flintstones in 1994, Bull and Bullworth in 1998, as well as the television film introducing Dorothy Dangerous in 1999, for which she won a primetime Emmy and a Golden Globe Award. Barry established herself as one of the highest paid actresses in Hollywood during 2000s. During the 2000s. She won the Academy Award for Best Actress for a performance of A Struggling Widow in a romantic drama, Monster Ball, in 2001. Becoming the first and to date only African-American women woman to have won that award. 2001 
Wow. 2001 was the first time that a woman, black African-American woman has won. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, that's a little bit about my boo, Miss Halle Berry. Mm. Continue on, Hannah. And yes, Kay, I'm fine. Exactly. I'm, fine. I'm with you, Kay. You see what I said? There was no picture on the outline. He over there. He, had, he cut it short, too. But anyway, that's okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Ooh. Um. I'm going to talk about, oh, this is a good one. Okay. Kismika Corbett. She is an expert on the front lines of the global race for COVID vaccine and someone who will go down in history as one of the key players in developing the science that could end COVID-19. We're going to leave that out. But anyway, she's part of the team of the National Institute of Health that worked with Madera, Moderna the pharmaceutical company that developed one of the two vaccines that has shown to be more than 90% effective. She's also African-American. She got the emergency use authorization from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration in December. Um, She made headlines on March 3rd as part of a team of scientists who worked on this project for a long time. And And she told the ABC News in December that her participation during the event with the president was marked as an important step forward for young scientists and people of color. I feel that it was important to do that because the level of visibility that it would have to younger scientists and also to people of color who have often worked behind the scenes and essentially done the dirty work for these large efforts toward a vaccine. This person who looks like you has been working on this for several years. And I also wanted it to be visible because I wanted people to understand that I stood by the work that I've done for as long as well, she added. So that is what she did, which is pretty awesome. Did you know that, James? No, I did not. Mm -hmm. So, Corbett. as y'all can clearly see, women... (laughs) And not only African-American women, but African-American women, too, are doing some great things. So, y'all, trust and believe me, we, I have enjoyed doing this topic. And just to end it off, this one was not on here, but I feel like it's only right with everything that happened that this woman gets recognized as well. The first African-American woman to be appointed to the Supreme Court Justice. Yeah, that, that happened. We didn't put that one on there. You got the information? Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, so while you're doing that, I'll read the last one I have. Mm-hmm. So we did this like two weeks ago. So we little yeah. Okay, so <laughs> um, I want to talk about Bumble. Well, first of all, let's tap do a quick one on Sarah Thomas. She was the first woman to officiate a Super Bowl between the Tampa Bay Buckners over the Kansas City Chiefs. And that is just recent history that we've done as women. Um, and then last but not least from me will be Bumble founder Wolf Holherd is the world's youngest self-made female billionaire and the youngest female CEO 
to take a public to take a company public in the United States, and she did it all with her young son by her side. Come on. This young lady is 31 years old, and she has a one-year-old son named Bobby Lebo, her the second. <laughs> on her hip, when she pressed the button to take the company, she found it public on NASDAQ. Bumble shared a photo of the mom on Instagram alongside the caption. This is what leadership looks like. She founded Bumble in 2014 after a split from Tinder, a dating app she also co-founded. Alongside a female-driven management team, Wolf Herd has focused the Austin-based company on a female empowerment message since its inception. The dating app stands out for letting women make the first move. One of the company's slogans, this is only possible thanks to more than 1.7 billion first moves made by brave women on our app and the pioneering women who paved the way for us in the business world. Wolf Heard wrote on Twitter about her company going public. Thank you. That's amazing. 31 yeah. and with a baby? That's like mm. awesome. Youngest self-made female billionaire. Youngest female CEO to take a company public Come in the on. United States Come on. Come with on. a one-year-old. Okay, Whitney, we'll her. We see. She's killing it. And last, but definitely not least, we got to give this one some props. Miss K-E-T-A-N-J-I Brown Jackson. is She is the first African-American woman to be nominated to the Supreme Court Justice. Y'all, giving a little backstory on her, she was appointed by President Joe Biden, and she, if you watched the questions that they was asking this woman, you could tell they really was not really trying to have her be on the Supreme Court justice. Some of them really did not want her on there. But the way that she held her composure the way that she answered every question. And now she is making history at the age of 51. Hannah, you close to that age, right? I am not. Because if I was that age, then you know, certain things wouldn't be possible. So watch your petty <laughs> comments. <laughs> All right? <laughs> we ain't going there. We are not going there tonight. That's we like are not my mom's age, though, for real. My mom's like that old. Dude, yeah. Shout out to Mama. So, y'all, we want to thank y'all for rocking with us tonight. We want to thank y'all for supporting us tonight. We love y'all. And we thank y'all for just always watching us every week. If you have any ideas or any topics that y'all want us to hit on, please feel free to email us at realtalkmonday1 at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Instagram under the We'll Talk Monday page. I promise you all, we are going to start doing more with the Instagram page. I know we haven't really done much with it, but I promise y'all, we are going to start doing more with that. And I think y'all have been patient enough. Hannah, have they been patient enough? They have. So on next Monday, April the 4th, We'll Talk Monday will be interviewing none other than 
Mr. Stanley Roy Letson Jr., better known as Little Roy from Roy and Revelations. We are excited about that interview that we have with him coming up on April the 4th at 7 7.45. So y'all definitely email us your questions. If you have any, please feel free. We're excited. We can't wait. We've been trying to get him on for a minute. And um, everything just finally fell in line. We have some other great interviews in the works for you all. So y'all just hang tight, sit tight with us, and continue to rock with us. And I promise y'all, we are going to continue to go higher and higher if it is the Lord's will. We're going to keep God first, and we will never forget about our crew on Facebook and YouTube for y'all rocking with us as hard as y'all do. Also, shout out to shout out to our Clubhouse family. We definitely are planning something for you all very soon, probably next month. I got to get with EJ. And uh, Minister E.J. Bowden, we got to get with him and kind of work something out. But y'all, trust and believe me, we haven't forgotten about y'all neither. We got something in the works for you all, too. So y'all hang tight, sit tight with us. And I promise y'all, greater is coming. And as I always say, before I turn it over to my beautiful co-host, Miss Hannah, I will say sometimes I disappoint Miss I nothing more than God's appointments, meaning some things that we are looking at is bad. God is only turning it around for our good. Stay blessed, be blessed, and be a blessing to someone else. Hannah? I want everybody to have a wonderful week, and thank you for tuning in with us. Please email your questions for our guests that we have next week. Let's try to get those questions into us by Saturday so that we can be up and we can choose and we can give you guys what you want to hear from them. We yeah. appreciate you tuning in, like and share. And if you missed the live show, don't worry. You can listen to the podcast in your car on your way home or on your way to work. Don't let your procrastination become the assassination of your success. You can do anything that you put your mind to. Work hard. Never give up. Pray. Push. And have a wonderful week. Thank you. See y'all next week. Love y'all.